Chapter 5 of Lamentation of a Sinner by Catherine Parr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Of the glorious victories of Christ over all enemies. If we look further into this book, we shall see Christ's great victory upon the cross, which was so noble and mighty that there never was other, so noble or mighty that there never was, neither shall be such. If the victory and glory of worldly princes were great because they did overcome great hosts of men, how much was Christ's greater, which vanquished not only the prince of this world, but all the enemies of God, triumphing over persecution, injuries, villainies, slanders, yea, death, the world, sin, and the devil, and brought to confusion all carnal prudence. The princes of the world never did fight without the strength of the world, Christ, contrarily, went to war even against all the strength of the world. He fought, as David did with Goliath, unarmed of all human wisdom and policy, and without all worldly power and strength. Nevertheless, he was fully replenished and armed with the whole armour of the Spirit, and in this one battle he overcame ever all his enemies. There was never so glorious a spoil, neither a more rich and noble, than Christ was upon the cross, who delivered all his elect from such a sharp and miserable captivity. He had in his battle many stripes, yea, and lost his life, but his victory was so much the greater. Therefore, when I look upon the Son of God with a supernatural faith and light, so unarmed, naked, given up, and alone, with humility, patience, liberality, modesty, gentleness, and with all other his divine virtues, beating down to the ground all God's enemies, and making the soul of man so fair and beautiful, I am forced to say that his victory and triumph was marvellous, and therefore Christ well deserved to have this noble title, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. But if we will particularly unfold and see his great victories, let us first behold how he overcame sin with his innocency, and confounded pride with his humility, quenched all worldly love with his charity, appeased the wrath of his father with his meekness, and turned hatred into love with his so many benefits and godly zeal. Christ hath not only overcome sin, but rather he hath killed the same, inasmuch as he hath satisfied for it himself with the most holy sacrifice and oblation of his precious body in suffering most bitter and cruel death. And also after another sort, that is, he giveth all those that love him so much spirit, grace, virtue, and strength, that they may resist, impugn, and overcome sin, and not consent, neither suffer it to reign in them. He hath also vanquished sin, because he hath taken away the force of the same, that is, he hath cancelled the law which was in evil men the occasion of sin. Therefore sin hath no power against them that are, with the Holy Ghost, united to Christ. In them there is nothing worthy of damnation, and although the dregs of Adam do remain, that is, our concupiscences, which indeed are sins, nevertheless they are not imputed for sins if we be truly planted in Christ. It is true that Christ might have taken away all our immoderate affections, but he hath left them for the greater glory of his Father, and for his own greater triumph. As, for example, when a prince fights with his enemies, which sometime had the sovereignty over his people, and subduing them may kill them if he will, yet he preserves and saves them, and whereas they were lords over his people, he makes them after to serve whom they before had ruled. Now in such a case the prince shows himself a greater conqueror, in that he hath made them which were rulers to obey, and the subjects to be lords over them to whom they served, than if he had utterly destroyed them upon the conquest. 
for now he leaves continual victory to them whom he redeemed, whereas otherwise the occasion of victory was taken away, where none were left to be the subjects. Even so, in like case, Christ hath left in us these concupiscences, to the intent they should serve us to the exercise of our virtues, where first they did reign over us to the exercise of our sin. And it may be plainly seen that whereas first they were such impediments to us that we could not move ourselves towards God, now, by Christ, we have so much strength that, notwithstanding the force of them, we may assuredly walk to heaven. And although the children of God sometime do fall by frailty into some sin, yet that falling maketh them to humble themselves and to acknowledge the goodness of God and to come to him for refuge and help. Likewise Christ, by his death, hath overcome the prince of devils with all his host, and hath destroyed them all. For, as Paul saith, it is verified that Christ should break the serpent's head, prophesied by God. And although the devil tempt us, yet, if by faith we are planted in Christ, we shall not perish, but rather, by his temptation, take great force and might. So it is evident that the triumph, victory, and glory of Christ is the greater, having in such sort subdued the devil, that, whereas he was prince and lord of the world, holding all creatures in captivity, now Christ useth him as an instrument to punish the wicked, and to exercise and make strong the elect of God in Christian warfare. Christ likewise hath overcome death in a more glorious manner, if it be possible, because he hath not taken it away, but leaving universally all subject to the same. He hath given so much virtue and spirit, that, whereas afore we passed thereto with great fear, now we are bold through the spirit, for the sure hope of the resurrection, that we receive it with joy. It is now no more bitter but sweet, no more feared but desired, it is no death but life. And also it hath pleased God that the infirmities and adversities do remain in the sight of the world, but the children of God are by Christ made so strong, righteous, whole, and sound, that the troubles of the world are comforts of the spirit, the passions of the flesh are medicines of the soul, for all manner of things work to their commodity and profit. For they in spirit feel that God their Father doth govern them, and disposeth all things for their benefit. Therefore they feel themselves sure. In persecution they are quiet and peaceful. In trouble they are without weariness, fears, anxieties, suspicions, miseries. And finally, all the good and evil of the world worketh to their commodity. Moreover, they see that the triumph of Christ hath been so great, that not only he hath subdued and vanquished all our enemies and the power of them, but he hath overthrown and vanquished them after such a sort that all things serve to our health. He might and could have taken them all away, but where then should have been our victory, palm and crown? For we daily have fights in the flesh, and by the succour of grace have continual victories over sin, whereby we have cause to glorify God, who by his Son hath weakened our enemy the devil, and by his Spirit giveth us strength to vanquish his offspring. So do we acknowledge daily the great triumph of our Saviour, and rejoice in our own fights, the which we can nowise impute to any wisdom of this world, seeing sin to increase by it, and where worldly wisdom most governeth, there most sin ruleth, for as the world is enemy to God, so also the wisdom thereof is adverse to God, and therefore Christ hath declared and discovered the same to be foolishness. And although he could have taken away all worldly wisdom, yet he hath left it for his greater glory and the triumph of his chosen vessels. For before, 
whereas it was our ruler against God, now by Christ we are served of it for God, as of a slave in worldly things, albeit in supernatural things, the same is not to be understood, as of a slave in worldly things, albeit in supernatural things, the same is not to be understood. And further, if at any time men would impugn and gainsay us with the wisdom of the world, yet we have, by Christ, so much supernatural light of the truth, that we make a mock of all those that repugn the truth. Christ also upon the cross hath triumphed over the world, first because he hath discovered the same to be naught, and that although it was covered with the veil of hypocrisy and the vesture of mortal virtues, and that although it was covered with the veil of hypocrisy and the vesture of moral virtues, Christ hath showed that in God's sight the righteousness of the world is wickedness, and he hath yielded witness that the works of men, not regenerated by him in faith, are evil, and so Christ hath judged and condemned the world for naught. Furthermore, he hath given to all his so much light and spirit, that they know it and dispraise the same, yea, and tread it under their feet, with all vain honours, dignities, and pleasures, not taking the fair promises, neither the offers which it presents, nay, they rather make a scorn of them. And as for the threatenings and force of the world, they nothing fear. Now therefore we may see how great the victory and triumph of Christ is, who hath delivered all those the Father gave him from the power of the devil, cancelling upon the cross the writing of our debts. For he hath delivered us from the condemnation of sin, from the bondage of the law, from the fear of death, from the danger of the world, and from all evils in this life, and in the other to come. And he hath enriched us, made us noble and most highly happy, after such a glorious and triumphant way as cannot with tongue be expressed, and therefore we are forced to say his triumph is marvellous. It is also seen and known that Christ is the true Messiah, for he hath delivered man from all evils, and by him man hath all goodness, so that he is the true Messiah. Therefore all other helpers are but vain and counterfeited saviours, seeing that by this our Messiah, Christ, holy and only, we are delivered from all evils, and by him we have all goodness. And that this is true, it is evident and clear, because the very true Christian is a Christian by Christ. And the true Christian feeleth inwardly by Christ so much goodness of God, that even troublous life and death are sweet unto him, and miseries are happiness. The true Christian by Christ is disburdened of the servitude of the law, having the law of grace graven by the Spirit inhabiting his heart, and from sin that reigneth in him, from the power of the infernal spirits, from damnation and from every evil, and is made a son of God, a brother of Christ, heir of heaven and lord of the world, so that in Christ and by Christ he possesses all good things. But let us know that Christ yet fighteth in spirit in his elect vessels, and shall fight even to the day of judgment, at which day shall that great enemy, death, be wholly destroyed, and shall be no more. Then shall the children of God rejoice in him, saying, O death, where is thy victory and sting? There shall be then no more trouble nor sin, nay, rather, none evil, but heaven for the good and hell for the wicked. Then shall wholly be discovered the victory and triumph of Christ, who, according to Paul, shall present unto his Father the kingdom, together with his chosen, saved by him. It was no little favour towards his children that Christ was chosen of God to save us, his elect, so highly by the way of the cross. Paul calleth it a grace and a most singular grace. We may well think that he, having been to the world so valiant a captain of God, 
was full of light, grace, virtue, and spirit, therefore he might justly say, it is finished. We, seeing then that the triumph and victory of our Captain Christ is so marvellous, glorious, and noble, to the which war we are appointed, let us force ourselves to follow him with bearing our cross, that we may have fellowship with him in his kingdom. End of chapter 5